Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined here with my friend Will. Woo! And the Professor Smoke. Hey, hey. And this week we're going to be talking about the Rob Zombie uh, modern classic, The Devil's Rejects, who some people you know, will argue is a slightly better film than his first movie, The House of a Thousand Corpses, which we talked about. A uh, handful of episodes back. And it's also very timely considering uh, the passing of Sid Haig and the fact that Three from Hell just had like a limited release in uh, theaters and is just about, if it's not already, just about to come out on Blu-ray, I believe. Have either of y'all got a chance to watch Three from Hell yet? No, not yet. Not yet, unfortunately. Yeah. but So none of us have seen it yet, but uh, unfortunately we've all heard the uh, the news of the passing of the great Sid Haig, who's... Uh, character in House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell, Captain Spaulding is a horror icon. So th- this episode will partially be a little bit about him too. You know, we'll we'll kind of go down his list of accolades and, you know, any any personal little stories any of us have with, you know, where we might have met him or whatever. We can talk about him for a little bit. So I guess before we get any further, here's the trailer for The Devil's Rejects. Police have uncovered reads like this. Words can't describe it. Are we here? We are playing on a level that most will never see. You're gonna start the killing. You best start it right here.
crime scene that this reporter has ever witnessed. And that was the trailer for Devil's Rejects. So I guess before we get into talking about Sid Haig and, and, and a little bit about him, um, j just to kind of, you know, whet the appetite a little bit before we go pa into that and before that, or into the movie, I should say. Uh, Will, what were your initial reactions to this movie? Obviously, this isn't the first time you've seen it. Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, 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 the first time I saw it, I loved it. I mean, Captain Spaulding is probably one of my favorite, like, individual characters out of a movie. Uh uh, but yeah, no, no I, I love this movie. Smoke. I, I obviously, I'm sure you're the same. Like, I'm sure you went and saw it opening yeah. night, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with full, with you know, fully, full expectations of hoping it was going to be great, and because you know, I saw it, seen House of Thousand Corpses, and and uh, fully expected this one to at least be that good, and, and it exceeded my expectations so, at that first viewing, and, and then uh, watching it. You know, on DVD quite a few times, too. So. I think it's a different movie than, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. But uh, and we'll get into that as far as once we get into blow-by-blows and everything. But uh, definitely did enjoy it and still still do, still love it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely a different kind of movie. I mean, th there's a lot of similarities, but it's a, it's a different kind of horror movie, really. Mm -hmm. um, I saw something in my own research when I was looking up some this and that's on this movie that uh, Sherry Moon Zombie doesn't, or at least... Uh, in this particular interview that I guess, I guess where they pulled the quote, she doesn't necessarily see this as a, I guess a direct sequel to house of a thousand corpses. Mm -hmm. She sees it more of a, the characters from that movie just kind of floated over into this universe kind of, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I guess she doesn't see it as like this directly follows that, but forget the fact that it looks like it, it picked up fairly af fairly shortly after the first one. Yeah. Is taking place in the same house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Th I think I did see somewhere that it's supposed to be a handful of months after that. I don't yeah. know if they ever give a direct timeline of exactly when it is, but uh, it's a few months later. It's not like the end of how you know House of a Thousand Corpses, and then like a day or two later, this. It's months. Yeah. Apparently, this film takes place May eighteenth, nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses stuff happened around like Halloween of '77 is when it's supposed to be. Mm. That's how many ever months that is. What you know, I'm not a mathematician, but uh, <laughs> it's some time later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, yeah. So I would see it as I, I don't know exactly. Uh, I don't know if I take that take of it's not a direct sequel. I think it's close enough to where it can be considered but i can see what she's saying yeah. in, in tone yeah i can not. see the stylistic version you know like she's saying by stylistically it's yeah, yeah definitely sure. different way different so uh i guess uh before we start going back into uh devil's rejects uh mr sid haig he was born july 14th 1939 and he just passed last month in september september 21st 2019 i never saw a particular reason i mean he was 80 years old um he had just turned 80 back in july so, I mean, it could be any number of reasons, you know, once you hit that age. I mean, it doesn't take much, I guess, you know, unfortunately for some people. But I never saw a particular reason why. I mean, you're almost led to believe it could have been cancer-related possibly, but I mean, I don't necessarily want to speculate. But um, all I knew is that he was pretty bad off for a little while, and he just progressively got worse, whatever was ailing him, and he passed. So, uh, you know, before we get into his career, do any, either of you guys any have any fond memories? Smoke, I know you've probably met him, right? Yeah, I've met him a few few different times. 
as far as a couple of different conventions and whatnot. Uh, but he was like, yeah, he's great. I remember at one particular, it was a Mad Mad Monster Party in Charlotte where he was bartending when, at near the, at the end of the night, you know, after the main convention thing was done. Mm-hmm. He was a bartending for the people that were still there. Yeah, if I'm that not, was pretty fun. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was the same one that I, because I only got to, to meet him once myself. Uh, mm-hmm. That I think that was the same one that I went to where you know I got a, I got him to autograph my uh, House of a Thousand Corpses DVD and I got a picture taken with him. Oh yeah. So I think that was the yeah. same one. Like later that night, he was doing that. <laughs> yeah, by, yeah. By yeah, all accounts, I got a video of that somewhere. I think of him doing the bartending. At least now I got some pictures. I'll have to post that on the Facebook page. But. Yeah, yeah. Any of that stuff you got, man, share it on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, from all accounts I've heard of the guy, I mean, I don't think there's one bad thing I've I've heard about the dude. I mean, he seems like he was a genuinely nice guy, uh, great actor. Well, you never got a chance to meet him, did you? No, no, no. I was actually going to try to uh, sneak up to the to the most recent convention that was around us, but that was uh, literally the week that he passed. Yeah. Oh, that was... Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's right. I did go to that one, too, and they had a table set up for him still where they had a box where you could put a note, like a card, kind of right to the family. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of touching, you know, seeing that. At least they acknowledged that he was, you know, yeah, that's that way instead yeah. of just not having, you know, anything there for him, so... Oh, that was cool. Or instead of just replacing his spot with the next actor. Yeah, with some money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a pretty cool little tribute there. And also, I got a po- I have to put this poster up to it. It was, uh, I don't remember, really a year ago or so. But, uh, <laughs> and I don't know who designed this poster, but it was uh, sort of designed like a like a old school boxing poster. And it's got a picture of Captain Spaulding and a picture of Otis. So it's kind of like Spaulding versus Otis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bill Mosley, who plays Otis. I think that he was at the convention where I bought Actually, I think I got it from him the poster and uh, but Sid Hag wasn't there at that time so he signed it you know did some stuff on there and then later when I saw we we saw Sid at a convention and yeah you know, I brought the poster for him to sign and he did a little little uh, thing back to like to Otis in other words they're like like you know squabbling with each other on the poster so I have to I have to take some pictures <laughs> of that and post it too using some lines from the Devil's Rejects and whatnot mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty cool like I said I mean even when I got to meet him that one day he was sitting at a table uh, that was maybe two or three tables down from Bill Mosley. They weren't sitting right next to each other. And uh, they were yelling back and forth at each, at each other, like talking <laughs> shit. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. That was always fun seeing that. Because yeah. a lot of times they would be right, but either right beside each other or close enough that, yeah, like I said, they could just yell at each other across the thing. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, they taunt each other and stuff. And if I recall, like, Kane Hodder was there. You know, he, he played yeah. Jason in a number of movies. And uh, he had a machete. If it wasn't a real machete, it was damn close to a uh, real machete. Really hard. And uh, they were yelling and, like, kind of, you know, jawing back and forth a little bit. And he came over there and slammed that machete down on the table. Like, <laughs> bam! Like, y'all shut the fuck up or something like that, you know, along those lines. But, I mean, like, he, I mean, he slammed it down. Like, I'm sure he didn't, like, cut a chunk in the table or something. That, that was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, by all accounts, I've heard, you know, he was a super nice guy and... Uh, he will definitely be missing the horror community, um, or in just in film in general. I mean, he he played in a ton of other yeah. things that weren't horror related too. Um, I'm on. Yeah, I posted I'm, that on Facebook too a while back. I think a while went after he passed, but yeah, I mean, Jason the Star Command was like one of my favorite shows as a kid, and he was like the main villain on that show. He played mm-hmm. Drago, so like yeah. I knew I didn't you know I knew him. I knew his character, of course. When I was a kid, I wouldn't have known the name Sid Hag. I just knew Drago, you know. But uh, over the years, as I got older and discovered all his other movies. Then I, you know, but I remembered his face from Dragos as you know, my haunting my childhood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, 
I'm looking on IMDb, which, you know, I mean, I'm sure isn't 100% accurate. But, you know, it's probably about as close as to a, a accuracy as you get on a, a actor, an actor's career when you're looking back mm-hmm. at their filmography or whatever. He's got 147 acting credits on IMDb. And they date all the way back to 1960. I mean, he was in, he had he, he was in a ton of uh, TV shows back then too in the 60s and 70s and 80s. I'll just run through some. Like he was in The Untouchables, an episode of that. The Lucy Show. He was in a movie called The Firebrand, uh, Bloodbath. Two episodes of uh, Batman. You know the 1966 yeah, series. Yeah, the 60s. What was this character? I forget. I remember. I mean, I know I've seen it, but I didn't know him again when I was seeing those in reruns. I didn't know the name, but. Probably put the you know put the image together with like I said with Dragos or whatever is being, but I can't remember what his character was. Royal Apothecary. Oh, the Royal it? Apothecary. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing that must. May, I could be wrong, but that might have had something to do with King Tut. I don't know. Probably, yeah. 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 <laughs> he was an episode of Laredo, episode of Star Trek, a movie called "It's a Bikini World." <laughs> <laughs> point in Point Blank in 1967, he was the first penthouse lobby guard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two episodes f- uh, from The Man from Uncle, uh, a couple episodes of Iron Horse, The Danny Thomas Show. I mean, the list goes on and on. Daniel Boone, uh, the movie called Spider Baby or The Maddest Story yeah. Ever Told. <laughs> yeah, that was a good cult film there. A uh, movie called The Hell with Heroes, an episode of The Flying Nun, uh, that old uh, show with uh, Sally Field. Uh, another Lucille Ball show, Here's Lucy. He was an episode of that. So you can see, I mean, tons of stuff. Gunsmoke, Get Smart, Here Comes the Brides, never heard of that. A movie called CC and Company, uh, nine episodes of Mission Impossible, you know, from the late 60s. Mannix. I mean, pretty much every popular show of the time, He, he it looks like he was in, he had small, some small role in it. The yeah, movie, I thought it was really cool. Like, I, I, obviously, I've never seen the movie, but THX 1138. Yep. Oh yeah, you know, which, yeah. It was the first. Uh, well, the the one right before Star Wars, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his first yeah. one. Yeah, I believe. Diamonds are forever. That's a James Bond movie, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he had a yeah. he had a role in that. Uh, I mean, good lord, you can just keep going. It's crazy. <laughs> Black Mama, White Mama. Of course, that's one of <laughs> one of our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he was in a lot of those black exploitation movies too. Right? Yeah, that's that, that's when I came to know his name pretty much after, and then went back and realized, oh shit, that was like I said, that was Drago's from Jason Starkham. But yeah, those uh, the Big Bird Cage and Coffee and Foxy yeah, Brown and all yeah. the Pam Grier flick. Uh, you know how on IMDb it'll list like you know all these movies, but it'll also in the front kind of like these are the movies that are no- he's uh, they're known for. Uh, the mm-hmm. top, the top. I'll just say the top four here. House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, of course, Kill Bill Volume Two, and Bone Tomahawk. Oh yeah, yeah. Have, y'all, have you either of y'all seen Bone Tomahawk before? I still, ha- I still haven't watched it yet. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I still haven't sat down and watched it. That's yet. that's good. I, and then yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do that yeah. at some point on the show. Yeah, it's kind and, of like uh, that Western, director. Western I can't even horror. think of his name right now. Unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, he did uh, that Riot and Cell Block Nine. Is that what it is the one with uh, Vince Vaughn? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's got. We'll have to get to him. That's kind of a Western horror, right? The Bone Tomahawk one is, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah we'll definitely have to get around to that. Yeah, but the list goes on and on. So, uh, needless to say, he, he's going to be missed, and, and not in, not just in Hollywood and, you know, in, in uh, television and movies, but, uh, you know, just for a, a lot of the work that he did in horror movies and cult movies and the type of movies that we talk about here on the podcast, he will definitely sorely be missed. And I hate that I don't get another opportunity to shake his hand, but... You know, that's the way it goes sometimes. At least, at least yeah. I, you know, Smoke and I got that opportunity. Well, I'm sure you would have loved to have, but uh, 
he never got around to it. He'll, he'll be missed. So it's a it's a sad loss for the horror community. And I didn't. I failed to mention, even though I mentioned it in that uh that memory, you know, memory and memory of said post that I put out a while back. But <laughs> for some reason, Galaxy of Terror stuck with me over the years too. And I don't know if either of y'all have seen that one, but that was one of Roger Corman's. You know, kind of. I mean, pretty much one of his bottom barrel productions or whatever. But it was something about it. Just it's an alien ripoff. Sid's in it, but it had a couple of other actors in it too that were like playing bit parts that were pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty crazy alien ripoffs. Let's put it that way. We'll definitely have to get to that on the show as well. So. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to go back and see some of the older stuff. Oh, like Robert that. England, that's it. <laughs> Robert England oh, okay, was in it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't uh, done a lot of like older, older movies. I think probably about the oldest movie we've talked about on here is Suspiria. So we, we need to go back. Yeah. And, <laughs> 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 you want to? Yeah, oh, that's going to be one that you're going to probably want to revisit, right, Will? And, Change your star rating, maybe pump it up a few. Oh, yeah. One way or the other, yeah. One way. <laughs> oh, yes, we will. <laughs> if you have any uh, comments or anything like that, or you know, just anything you want to send to us, talk about whatever, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can find us at AA Spook Show. Uh, you can find us at All American Spook Show on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, you know, I'm, I've been trying to post up full episodes on YouTube. You know, some of those have been uh, getting a lot of views, so you know, every little bit helps. So <laughs> go over there and uh, subscribe and hit notify and all that, so you know when the latest videos are coming up. Um, we have a tpublic.com page where you can go on there and buy some, uh, you know, shirts and mugs and other random things that they sell with the uh, All American Spook Show podcast logo on it. Starting October 19th over on YouTube. Uh, we're going to have a little countdown each day, counting down to Halloween, and it's going to be our personal top 13 favorite horror movies. Um, not necessarily the best 13 horror movies ever made, just kind of our personal favorite list of the top 13 horror movies that we like to watch. So uh, tune in every day starting October 19th over on the YouTube page. Um, I'm sure we'll share it to all the socials, you know, Facebook and Instagram and whatnot, Twitter. Um, but starting October 19th, you'll be able to uh, watch each one, you know, counting down each day. So kind of a fun little side thing if you want to check it out uh, leading up to Halloween. Uh, we'll be starting with our number 13 movie on uh, Saturday, October 19th, and then counting down from there. So make sure to check that out whenever we post it up. So I guess with that, we'll go into the uh, ins and outs, you know, some of the background on The Devil's Rejects. Before we go any further, I, sh I guess I should probably miss for, uh, mention for any new listeners... Uh, we are a spoiler podcast. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that in the last few episodes. Uh, somebody be like, oh, what the hell? If they actually listen to this thing. All <laughs> I haven't seen these movies. It's been out for years. Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, we are a spoiler-filled podcast. So, like, you know, once we start going into the movie, we spoil the hell out of it. So um, we don't hold back in terms of, you know, what we talk about. We talk about the ending everything. So uh, just a uh, word of the wise. If you haven't seen The Devil's Rejects, uh, pause this. Go watch it. Come back. You know, we'll, we can. Uh, you can have fun listening to us talk about it, or not. You can just listen to some dudes talk shit for no reason at all. And maybe you won't have fun. Maybe you won't. So, Way to sell it, Josh. <laughs> what the hell do I look like, a salesman? <laughs> all right. So with that, we'll go into the little background here on uh, Devil's Rejects. The movie was released July twenty second, two thousand five, by Lionsgate Films and Cinerenta. And Cinerenta, I think, was the name of the company. Um, this is obviously the sequel to A House of a Thousand Corpses, which was written, produced, and directed by Rob Zombie. So he's he's the all-in-one uh, overlord 
of uh, this franchise of movies, which now is three, you know, with three from hell being released. And before House of a Thousand Corpses, he was relatively unknown, I believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard of him. <laughs> well, in the film world. Oh, why? Oh, why? What else is he doing? Oh, well, he's a musician. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he did a... He did a few things with a band called White Zombie back in the night. Oh, that's right. Okay. In the night, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it ringing any he might have put yet? out one or two uh, uh, self self done albums as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie was rated R for obvious reasons. But a little note that I, I actually copied this. I think it was from uh, uh, Wikipedia. The movie went through the MPAA to get rated eight times. <laughs> And it earned an NC-17 rating every time until the last time. <laughs> so I, apparently, according, and this is according to Rob Zombie, the censors had a problem with the overall tone of the film. Specifically, censors did not like the motel scene between Bill Mosley and Priscilla Barnes, forcing Zombie to cut two minutes of it for the theatrical release. However, this footage was restored in the DVD version. So I guess that's when he's got then, uh, when Otis and Baby have that family or that, uh, that country band or whatever the hell they are. They have them in the hotel. And, mm. and there's the scene between uh, Bill Mosley, which is Otis, and Priscilla Barnes, the, I, I, which I think was the wife, right, uh, mm. of, the, of the guy. You know, uh, I can't, I'm blanking on the guy's name right away without having all the notes of the movie in my hand. I think it's when he had Roy, like, Roy's wife. I think Roy. Yeah, uh, yeah, the older guy's wife. When I think when yep. he's got the uh, gun like down her pants or down her panties or whatever. Mm. I think that's yeah. specifically what they had an issue with. Which you know, I'm sure there's probably a few more gory or horrible scenes in this movie, but that's the one that they got hung <laughs> up on. It's weird sometimes with that kind of thing. Um, the budget for this movie was seven million dollars, and. In North America, it grossed $17 million, and the worldwide gross was $19.4 million, which I believe it pretty much made all of its uh, money back on opening week. Yeah, yeah, pretty much exactly. Um, it opened up number eight that week when it opened up in July, or July 22nd of uh, 2005, and it made seven, pretty much uh, just a slightly over $7 million in its opening week. Um, there were four big wide releases that week um it came in last of the big four wide releases that week and it came i'll just i'll just give you the top three charlie and the chocolate factory it had been out for a couple weeks that was number one wedding crashers also been out a couple weeks that was number two and then fan, the first fantastic four movie uh it was in its third week and that was number three that week um, it came in behind those three plus The Island, bad, the remake of Bad News Bears, uh, the remake of War of the Worlds, Hustle and Flow, and Devil's Rejects was number eight. So, And it also finished slightly above Batman Begins, which was in its sixth week. So Devil's Rejects <laughs> beat Batman. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Take that, Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> And just to finish off the next, uh, the top ten with the next couple movies, March of the Penguins and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Not a, not a lot of huge movies there in that top ten, but, you know, some that made quite a bit of money. Um, specifically, like, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Fantastic Four. That Batman Begins movie raked in, I'm pretty sure, uh, near or over $200 million that year. Um, actually, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith was still playing at this time, too. It had been out for uh, well over two months at that time, and it made knocked, uh, a 
at this uh no it made about 375 million dollars so there was some there was some competition when this came out so that's a little bit of uh background on that part of it the uh i did notice another thing too when i was looking at i thought was an interesting little side note the soundtrack for this movie which actually wasn't really like you know house of a thousand corpses soundtrack was basically done entirely by rob zombie i think for Mm -hmm. the most part this one was more of a and I think it goes along with what he was trying to achieve in the movie. It's more of a southern rock type of soundtrack. Mm. Um, but this soundtrack was notable as being one of the first to be released on dual disc. With the DVD. Remember the dual disc where like one side was a CD and the other side was a DVD? Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. This was one of the first to be released as a dual disc. With the DVD side featuring a making of featurette for the film and a photo gallery. Yeah, I love the soundtrack on this. I mean, I grew up on southern yeah. rock, so... This 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 entire soundtrack I loved. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, it's uh it's he picked the right songs for the right moments. Even even yep. some of the more obscure songs fit right perfectly with what he's trying to do in those particular scenes. Did you guys uh get a chance to watch like because I, I actually watched it on DVD? Did you guys get a chance to watch the deleted scenes? No, or not yet. No, um, I, 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 I watched it on DVD too. I think I've I've seen them before, but it's been. Probably when that DVD first came out. <laughs> well, the, 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 there was one interesting deleted scene in there, and I thought I'd bring it up before we got before we got into the movie, since it doesn't really, I, it does have a, it would have a place in the movie if they put it in there, but it's pretty clear why they cut it out. There's a scene with Doctor Satan. Remember Doctor Satan from? Uh, oh yeah. The first movie. Um, yep. They've got him in the hospital, and there's a nurse taking care of him, and uh, he kind of reaches up and rips her throat out, and the nurse dies on the floor but the nurse is a uh, well-known actress rosario dawson mm. oh, okay yeah uh, yeah I, I think i do remember that seeing yeah. that back in back when that dvd first came out but yeah so <laughs> but like, yeah I, can, I remember why he cut it out but it was a cool scene but i can see why they you know now it seems like i did see something separately when not necessarily when i was looking for research maybe it was i can't remember but i remember seeing something about i guess they had asked him why maybe it might even have had something to do with three from hell and why you've never seen Dr. Satan again. And I think he just kind of wanted to get rid of that aspect of the tale, I guess. Kind of just like, you know, it's it's a weird fit. you know. And I thought, remember yeah. even when we were talking about House of, Thousand, House of a Thousand Corpses, when we talked about that one, it was kind of a, the whole Dr. Satan thing is kind of a weird fit for everything else that was in that movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, I guess, sort of, what can we do to kind of put like a twist on it? Or, you know, have the ending be, have that twist at the end? Kind of like like they did with a lot of because it was a big homage to seventies movies as it was, and a lot of seventies movies had that weird you know left field twist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and he was also the bait to get the people to come out. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Because they mentioned uh, him earlier too, right? Well, yeah, like early yeah. He was on. part of the ride. Oh, Doctor Satan, yeah, the murder ride. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I guess uh, maybe he, like this is the one scene where he he referenced it and he had Doctor Satan in there, but I guess for whatever reason decided to say, you know what. We just, we're cutting all this shit out. It's too weird, you know. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit what we're doing yeah, here, yeah. you know. So it didn't fit the tone of where he was going with Devil's Rejects, I guess, where it was. You yeah, know, yeah. That wholly different, even though it's linked in the sequel, is still very different than House of a Thousand Corpses. I just thought that it was interesting as well that it was Rosario Dawson that even at this time, <laughs> you know, somewhat had a name. You know, it's not like she was a yeah. an an, un, an unknown quantity or a, fa- a actress at this time. You know, she was she did have uh, somewhat of a name and had been in some movies by then. But um, mm-hmm. maybe they're maybe they're friends. Maybe she, you know whatever. Who, who knows the reasons? But yeah, she yeah. Was there's and, things you do like that. I guess that you really hate to have to do. And, that, and for some reason, this movie kind of parallels to me a lot. Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. 
Yeah. As far as not besides the fact that it has Bill Mosley in it, that as well. And uh, but a lot of time, that type of it's a different tone. It was more comedic than the first movie, as far as Texas oh. Chainsaw was. But Bob there's a scene in there with Joe Bob Briggs that got whole, you know, wholly cut out. <laughs> For this, and I'm sure Toby Hooper probably hated to lose that. But oh, you're didn't talking, really fit, you're talking but. about in uh, part Chainsaw Part Two. Yeah, in Chainsaw oh, Part okay. Two, because there's a, there's a lot of parallels for that movie for me for some reason with this one with uh, House of a Thousand Corpses sequel, oh. and I, I remember a lot of the background stories like that. You know, some scenes that were had a uh, somebody in it who was famous at the time that had to be cut because it just didn't fit with what they were doing with the movie. So yeah, and I'm sure they hate to have to do that. It's not like you got Rosario Dawson in there. Probably hate to lose that scene, but if it doesn't fit, then I guess it's got to go. But yeah. Well, uh, like kind of like looking through Rosario Dawson's uh, background, uh, her first movie was in 1995. Yeah, so you may have you may have heard of it. It was called Kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we could uh, do that one on this podcast. <laughs> I wonder if that falls under uh, the curtain enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, okay. it's Casper. <laughs> okay well that makes sense uh see so yeah, i thought that was kind of cool that uh she she had a part she had a sm- very small part in this movie but it got it got left on the cutting room floor but if you have a chance to check out the deleted scenes for this movie on the dvd blu-ray whatever uh go check it out it's a pretty cool little scene and you get to see dr satan a little bit all right so with that here we go uh the movie starts with uh like pictures of corpses in a scrapbook and then on the screen you see the words on may 18th 1978 sheriff john quincy wydell along with local authorities in rugsville county led a search and destroy mission on a decaying farmhouse inside the house police discovered a collection of diaries and scrapbooks detailing the accounts of more than 75 murders the family responsible for these brutal crimes was forever to be known as the devil's rejects then you cut to uh tiny which you remember from the first movie he's uh, it's an ironic name because the dude's like seven foot five. He's like a, a, a really tall dude named Tiny. Uh, you see him uh, kind of dragging a girl through the woods, and he uh, he pulls up because he sees cops showing up to the firefly the firefly farm. Inside, you see Otis, baby, mother firefly. They're all inside and they're asleep. Sheriff Wydell pulls up. He's got the uh, little megaphone, and he wakes them up. By turning it on and, you know, like yelling at, you know, be, be, better come out or whatever. So they start scrambling. And then uh, Rufus, Firefly, he's already, like, they're, they're kind of scrambling to get downstairs. They come down and Rufus is already down there, like, suited up and ready to go. Like, he's got, like, armor on and guns. And then they have this shootout with the cops. And uh, tear gas gets thrown in and the, the cops bust in. And then the, all the Fireflies pop up and they just start mowing them down. They're all wearing, like, armor and stuff. And uh, they got semi-automatics and shotguns and stuff and uh rufus and during all this rufus firefly gets shot and then uh mother firefly runs over and kind of holds on to him she stays as baby and otis kind of cut out the back door and run off then they've kind of got mother cornered and she tries to shoot herself but it just clicked you know no ammo so they've got her then you see the opening credits, and that's where they play the uh, Midnight Rider by Allman Brothers Band, um, which was I thought was pretty cool. What would you guys think of this uh, opening, I guess kind of the cold open, the opening sequence of the movie? I mean, it's a really good welcome back. Yeah, yeah, and they, like, they link, you know, it, they, they show what happened in the last movie or what's been going on, I guess, sort of, instead of just, like, throwing you right into it, you know, like a lot of sequels sometimes do. Uh, I like the, that, that connection with House of Thousand. 
Yeah, parts. I mean, that really in this whole movie, that's really like the on, the really own main connection <laughs> yeah. to to that movie. Really, you know, like that's what sets it up. Is like, all right, some time has passed. Basically, it's the same situation. There, they're still doing their crazy shit, and uh, here come the cops to bust it up. And you know, now, so not only do you have that connection to the the first movie, but now let's we're moving on past that really quick to something else. You know, it's like bop bop. Here we yeah. go. Yeah, and one thing that a lot of cult fans or cult fans might have noticed also is that Mother Firefly is not played by Karen Black now. It's so Leslie Easterbrook took over the role. Now I'm not exactly sure why that was. I don't know. If, you know, uh, what I read was she was asking for more money. Oh, okay. Which I, I guess I can't blame. Now I think she's passed since too, right, Karen Black. Mm. Um, so I, I don't want to besmirch the name, but I will say yeah. that, like, to me, like, you know, could she really be in that high demand? Number one. Number two, it's not like she was necessarily the reason that movie was successful. You know, not to shit on her, just saying, you know. Like, yeah. Kind of, just kind of play along and, uh, you know, kind of take your place in cult history. Don't be uh, trying to drag along for more money is the way I see it, but whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah, something else I, I read that was kind of interesting with this is the guy that played Tiny. Uh, apparently, he had rolled his ankle pretty bad. Uh, before the movie was set to film, and the crew had a tough time finding a seven-foot uh, stunt double to come in. That's why he was wearing a burlap sack over his face. Well, not to mention, right, he he passed away, right? No, not uh, yeah, during or right before the movie was done, right? Yeah, no. I, now I'll just go ahead and skip ahead since we've already talked about it. At the end of this, it does say like something like in the memory of Matthew McGrory, and he passed away mm. August ninth, oh five. So that was some. That was you know, a couple months or a month and a half or so after this movie came out. So oh, that, that was for the, so when you went, yeah. so when you went and saw this at the theaters, that little part at the end wasn't there. Cause obviously he hadn't passed yet, but on the DVD release, which is pretty much what you'll see now, there's that little bit in memory of Matthew McGrory. So yeah, the, I, I love the opening uh, sequence myself. And I do love the touch of a uh, uh, midnight rider. Yeah. The Almond brothers song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, definitely another, a good place. For the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another, yeah. Another good, uh, uh, Play, like you said, placement of uh, the old tunes in this. So that it's just playing like during the credits, but it's also showing them kind of escape. And uh, they they kill a they kill a uh, waitress. Like aren't they like broke down on the side of the road or something like that? And it's like she it, you're seeing this kind of like in still pictures, right? Uh, mm. They're broke down yeah. the, or feigning that they're yeah. broke down on the side of the road, whatever the hell they're doing. Baby's like on the ground or something like that. She comes over to help, and then Otis attacks her from behind, and I guess so they can take her car or whatever. Mm. But you're seeing this while Midnight Rider is playing all through the credits, which is you know pretty cool scene. <laughs> so then there's like a it cuts to like a TV report on the uh, the findings, you know the, what they found there at the uh, Firefly Farm. Then you see uh, Wydell see th- while they're looking at stuff in the house, he sees Captain Spaulding's picture. So now he realizes uh, Captain Spaulding, who's kind of like a local, uh, kind like a little small town local celebrity in this area because he owns that. Uh, Museum of Monsters and Mad Men or whatever with the fried chicken and all that. Yeah. Uh, so now he realizes that Captain Spaulding has a connection to this. So then it cuts to Spaulding having sex, which it looks like he he's having sex with this, you know, not too, not too bad looking chick. And then uh, he calls her a whore and uh, she pulls out a gun like nobody calls me a whore and shoots him. Then he wakes up from his dream and then he's <laughs> he's laying in this bed with this uh, kind of bigger lady, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty, it's pretty funny it's like he's uh dreaming about having a better situation uh so yeah there's that and then uh he he wakes he wakes from he wakes from the dream with the, the bigger lady and then uh he kind of goes and gets dressed or whatever and they're kind of sniping back and forth and uh then he sits down and he's watching this commercial that he's paid for 
and uh, they're kind of laughing about it, and then it cuts to the special uh, report right when Baby calls. <laughs> Breaking news interrupts his commercial. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right when Baby calls him to warn him, you know, that uh, the shit's gone down, like they're all busted. So they're going to meet at the, the place that they're supposed to meet, and he takes off and leaves. Now you're introduced to uh, Charlie Altamont, which as you, you come to find out is Captain Spaulding's brother, which is played by Ken Faree. Now he... He's famous for... What Dawn movie? of the Dead yeah. uh, and From Beyond for me. But, go ahead, I was going to fill also, in the blanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead was uh, probably my favorite one that I remember. And then, uh, mm-hmm. From Beyond, which was directed by Stuart Gordon that did Reanimator in our first episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, then who was he on uh, Nickelodeon? I can't remember if it was Keenan or Kel. He's one of them's dad on that on that show. Now, I don't even remember that. You don't remember that? It was no. uh, one of those Nickelodeon you know, uh-huh. uh, shows from the 90s, I guess. But yeah, he was one of them. He was Keenan Raquel's dad. He was one in uh, Rob Zombie's remake of uh, Halloween, too. I think he had a part in that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I met him back in... I mean, it's been a while. I, I think I've only ever seen him at one convention. That was back in 92. Mm-hmm. At Weekend of Horrors. So. And uh, uh, you're also introduced to Cleavon, which is Michael Berryman. What would you most remember him from? Oh, I mean, a little movie called Hills Have Eyes, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, uh, Weird Science at the very end. Remember the... Uh, <laughs> The apocalyptic scene at the re- end, the I motorcycle riders. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I also met him at that same convention in '92. I got a, a picture signed with him. <laughs> that same one that Ken Forey was yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he, he's basically known as like being in these weird type of movies because I mean he hasn't, he has a unique look. You see this dude, you know which one I'm talking about. You know, like he his unforgettable face for sure. Um, <laughs> And you're also intru- introduced to one of the whores at uh, Charlie Altamont's little whore village he's got here, <laughs> uh, Candy, which is E.G. Daly. You might remember from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He plays P- she plays uh, Pee-wee's girlfriend in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> That's her. And a number of other things, but that'd be the one you'd probably recall right away. So Spalding calls Charlie here and uh, says he's coming. Uh, he needs a place to lay low. Um, so then you cut to the Kahiki Palms Motel and are introduced to the Sullivan family. This is like kind of like a traveling road show, kind of like a country band kind of family or something. Banjo and, and Sullivan, right? Yeah, Banjo <laughs> and Sullivan, that's what it was. Jimmy, who, who's like the roadie or whatever, that's Brian Posehn. You know, you probably remember him as, uh, you know, a comedian and a uh, ton of things. Once again, a, another dude with a very unique look. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Uh, his his face stands out, you know. Like you're gonna remember this dude if for no, you know. He's a funny dude too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. he's a recognizable face. And you're also uh, introduced that uh, Roy here, who is uh, I believe his name's Jeffrey Lewis. Oh yes, Jeffrey Lewis. Yeah. Um, who was in uh, a ton of stuff? Like he, I think he was in a lot of like the Clint Eastwood movies and stuff too. Yeah, he, I don't I don't know the background on whether they, they must have been friends or something or something new because yeah. I know they were. Yeah, and of course every which way but loose in any which way you can, but mm-hmm. also. Some of the hell goes back to maybe High Plains Drifter, some of the westerns too. Yeah, he's been in a ton of that, and uh, he actually passed away back in 2015, so he's no longer with us. But he on IMDb, the dude has uh, 225 credits as an actor, so yeah, <laughs> he's he's got around the around the horn there for sure. <laughs> he also has that one that face that if even if you don't know or can't place what you've seen in him, you know you've seen him in a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, with 225 credits. Yeah. <laughs> Odds are you've seen this dude in something, whether you realize it or not. So you're introduced to Jimmy and Roy, Posehn and Lewis, and uh, they're talking about uh, – Jimmy's talking about becoming a rodeo clown. 
that's kind of it's just funny back and forth about it. and i don't think you're cut out for rodeo clown material son then they go over to the they're walking over to the ice machine or whatever jimmy takes off to like go to the store or something and uh roy goes over by himself and he goes to the ice machine and the baby comes around the corner and she's kind of flirting with him and stuff and uh as she's flirting with him otis sneaks up from behind and pulls a gun on him then they go uh, bust into the motel room that the family has there, and then they just kind of start terrorizing them. Then uh, Jimmy comes and knocks on the door, and a uh, baby lets him in, and then pretty much take him right down to his knees and uh, blow his brains out pretty much immediately. Like, like not much of a like begging, pleading, what the hell's going on? He goes down to his knees, and Otis pulls the gun, and <laughs> pow, just blows his brains out. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, it was what after that was when uh, <laughs> Otis was. Well, first of all, he was like, "Who's in the shower?" You know, cause somebody was in the shower. And they yeah. didn't know, you know, and then, and then what's the, the guy that, Jeff, you know, Jeffrey, uh, his character, was it Roy? Roy, Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's like, uh, oh, yeah, she's in the shower. Okay, well, then, and then, you know, is that all? Is there anybody else here? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it, pretty much. And then, then the knock on the door when <laughs> it's Brian posting outside. <laughs> you know, I know I can't trust you. <laughs> it definitely seems like, especially Otis in this movie, uh, has a lot more, yeah. like, comedy about him to me. Yeah. In, in this one. Then he did, did. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and again, that it, kind of brings in that whole, for me, that parallel with Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, because I can see, even though Bill Mosley is not doing his Chop Top character, you can you can just you can put those two together and see there's kind of a correlation there between Chop Top and Otis as mm-hmm. far as uh, if you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, you know, anybody's seen that will will get that. You know, he's not playing the same character, but you can tell, you know, it's just Bill Mosley style. That comedy mixed with the you know. In your face, like one minute it's, it's funny, and the next he's complete psycho. <laughs> oh, he plays that well, that's for sure, man. Yeah, like you know oh, yeah. that he can be the funniest dude in the room. All of a sudden, like you know, he's the scariest <laughs> dude in the room. He's yeah, good, he's good at that for sure. Uh, you cut this Captain Spaulding. He's uh, you know, on his way to meet with them or whatever, and he runs out of gas. So he takes this. Uh, there's this woman and this kid uh, that have a station wagon. They pull over. They pull up. Or he pulls up to them or something like that, right? And then he basically takes it from them, but. It's a pretty funny little scene where, like, uh, he gets in. He he basically takes the car from the woman, and then he gets in and uh, he looks at the kid and says, "Like, what? What's wrong with you? You don't like clowns? We not make we not make you laugh." <laughs> I, love, I love his first line too when he comes up there. I, I need your car in the official clown business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this official clown? Yeah, and she's kind of did I stutter? <laughs> did I stutter, <laughs> bitch? <laughs> <laughs> now that woman there that's pj souls who you know yes yeah. you may you may know from a handful of movies such as uh halloween and tons of uh late 70s to mid 80s rock and uh, roll high school for those that are yeah into uh, the remote yeah. uh carrie she's in stripes she's like i think she's bill murray's girlfriend in stripes or something like that oh, yeah. yeah she had quite a career too in the 80s which i saw something too i think it was in that little i watched a little bit of that behind the scenes documentary that they made for this like 30 days in hell I think it was the name of it yeah uh, i watched a little bit of that and apparently she went out for the role of uh uh roy's wife you know that went that ended up going to priscilla barnes i think she wanted to do that oh. but she ended up doing this you know a much smaller role but um i guess she they thought she was better for it for you the listeners of the all-american spook show podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services so yeah, I think we mentioned like last show, like uh, the, the new Stephen King book um, is available uh, to download on Audible. Uh, Will, have you downloaded anything? Uh, I mean, Audible? since I've like joined, yeah, I've, I've done a handful of uh, Star Wars books, uh, a couple of Stephen King books. 
uh, probably one of my favorite ones was uh, Ready Player One. I downloaded that before the movie came out. Yeah, if you get a chance, listen to Ready Player One. It's pretty good. I mean, I know it's not horror, but it's definitely better than the movie. Yeah, I downloaded uh, a few months back. Uh, I think it's the first uh, book by Ed and Lorraine Warren um, called Ghost Hunters. I guess it just kind of just dives into their case files or whatever of the different uh, things that you know that they investigated throughout their career. You know, you recall they were the the uh, inspiration behind the Conjuring movies, which we've talked about a couple of those in past episodes. But yeah, I downloaded that one, and uh, I haven't listened to this one yet. But I downloaded one a little while back called Alien Three an audible original drama narrated by Tom Alexander, Barbara Barnes, Michael Bean, Lance Henriksen, Lorelai King, Laurel Lefkow, Keith Wickham. Audible is bringing William Gibson's Uncovered Alien 3 script to life in audio for the first time. I haven't listened to that yet, but it sounds like it's pretty cool. And of course, you know, on Audible, you can go and uh, get a lot of the uh, more recent ones. The new Stephen King book, which is called The Institute. A A few other hot ones right now are The Guardians by John Grissom, um, Some Choose Darkness by Charlie Donnelly, The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelidis, uh, The Sisters by Dervla McTernan, uh, Dr. Sleep, I guess, has kind of gotten hot, you know, the Stephen King book. I guess it's kind of gotten hot again since the movie's about to come out. So, um, yeah, so you can check out any of those more with the, uh, with the Audible trial that we, you know, use our link, audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Um, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. So go check it out, guys. And here's a, here's a little random thing. They just updated the app where you can actually download or use your credits inside the app before you had to go onto the website, buy the book, and then it would populate in your uh, app on your phone. But now you can actually buy books from the app on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I haven't yeah. used it since that, so yeah, that's that's definitely a a lot. Oh more yeah, no, that, that's brand new. Yeah, okay. So yeah, use our uh, our link there and go try it out, guys. It'll it'll help us out. You'll get a free book, and and that's the other thing too. Like if you cancel it, uh, you know, if you try it for a month, say this just isn't for me, you cancel it, you get to keep that one free book um, that you downloaded. So. Go try it out, audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Yeah, but kind of getting back to the movie, man, that's that's why I like, that's, that's that's why I like one of my favorite characters is Captain Spaulding. Just the fact that he can go from, you know, like a, a completely silly person to like Stone Cold Killer, like within two seconds, just like in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I love that character. Yeah, you're you're in the middle of kind of kind of laughing along with him or laughing at him, and then all of a sudden you're like, you see how deadly this dude can be, like, like with the snap of a finger, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, the drop of a dime, man. He's he's stone cold. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he takes the station wagon and he takes off. Um, then you cut to uh, Otis and Baby. So they're back. They're back at the uh, the hotel, you know, with the uh, the family that they've got hold up there, and uh, they're taunting them and messing around with them. And Otis makes Gloria, which is the uh, his wife, strip, and then. Uh, he takes a pistol and like sticks it down, like he's he's groping her and holding on to her, you know, grabbing her ass and stuff. And then he takes a, a pistol and sticks it down her panties, um, which, like I said, we referenced earlier. I'm, I'm pretty sure this was the part that the MPAA was really dead set against <laughs> that he cut out and then he put back in the DVD. <laughs> Apparently, they're not Kiss fans, you know. Love, no, no, love going. No, yeah. That's a good <laughs> <reference>. <laughs> He should have he should have slept that uh, song in, you know, since he was going with that era of rock. You know, he could have he could have easily done that. 
Oh, yeah. um, so then uh, Otis was like, yeah, I guess he's just kind of tired of it after that, and he he's, uh, he takes the he takes the two men and he uh, heads out. He, there's something he needs to go do. Then you cut to uh, Sheriff Waddell. He's uh, back at the uh, headquarters or whatever, and he's questioning Mother Firefly. She shows him a pic of his dead brother, so obviously he's you know he's about to lose it on her then. Um, you know, which he was in her his Waddell's brother was in the first movie. He was the uh, sheriff. I guess he was a sheriff, whatever he was. Uh, he can't. He's the one that came to the house in House of a Thousand Corpses that. Uh, Mother Fire, Firefly put a bullet in his head. And I, I guess this is just kind of showing you how fast people can snap, even uh, the ones that aren't, like, straight up insane. Because his, his his character from, from this point just really goes on a deep dive. Well, yeah, he, he you clearly you see he's hell-bent on revenge at this point. He's not he's not uh, doling out justice anymore. Now he's, he's wanting uh, to avenge his brother and get revenge on them for doing it. Yeah, to me, like when when his character turned, it was it was almost like a, uh, you know, the thin line between the Joker and Batman. Yeah, you know, like 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 this this guy is is here for justice, and and he just lost his grip on reality, and now you might as well say he's just as bad as they are. I mean, he's he's doing it for justice, but he's also doing it for revenge. Yeah. So then you cut to uh, Otis. He's kind of out in the middle of nowhere with the two guys. He pull. I think <laughs> he's just kind of walk. He's walking along. He's like. Uh, they're like, man, how much further? It's up here a little bit. You know, he's just kind of walking them out into the middle of nothing in like this junkyard area or whatever. And uh, he has the gun and he's kind of waving around and he smells it. <laughs> man, I can still smell your wife's pussy stink on my gun. Hope it doesn't rust the barrel. <laughs> Hope it doesn't rust the barrel. <laughs> uh, so like, the, you know, basically they uh, he tells them what they're out there for is the, they came out here to dig up some guns that he had buried there a while back. Uh, and as they're, you know, kind of getting ready to do that, they jump and attack Otis and, uh, they have the upper hand for like a slight second there. Then, uh, he kind of like, uh, turns around and stabs and then shoots, uh, Adam, which is the younger guy. Uh, and then pistol whips Roy, the old, you know, the older dude, and then tells him, uh, tells him to pray to God. And then Otis says, I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. And then he just starts beating the shit out of Roy with a, uh, like a limb like a, a big-ass tree trunk limb, and then he just starts cutting up at him, you know, with a knife. He basically just fucks the, both their world up. Oh, yeah, and then this is this is clearly where you see, in, in a fight, people with morals have no chance. Yeah, because they're, they're yeah, not that, willing to cross that line. You know, they, they, they were fighting to survive, but they weren't, they weren't willing to kill, and obviously Otis has no issue with that. Yeah, and so they, they go down pretty quick, which, they, like I said, they had the upper hand. You know, they, they should have been able to take the dude out. And I can tell you right now, if it means me dying versus this dude, you know, if I'm in this situation, I'm I'm not stopping. You know, I'm gonna keep going until yeah. he kills me. So yeah, uh, then it cuts back to baby back at the hotel room, and uh, she makes uh, Wendy slap Gor- slap Gloria, which is you know basically daughter to mother, uh, just so she can go to the bathroom. So they're just sitting there just smacking the shit out of each other. <laughs> just, she's just messing with them, and uh, then uh, Wendy goes into the bathroom, and then of course instantly tries to escape. Uh, and then, uh, she's over there, uh, baby's at pounding on the door. Like, you know, where did you go or whatever? You better come out of there. And then Gloria pulls the gun on baby. Um, then baby just takes like this big ass knife, like a buck knife or something and just throws it straight into her chest. And then, uh, Gloria starts clicking the gun. And of course it was empty. And, uh, then Wendy runs, you know, she, you see her outside. She, she got out the window and she's running off and then she runs straight into Captain Spaulding 
who knocks her out. When baby, I guess baby's chasing after her at that point, right? Like she comes yeah. out, yeah. She runs straight into Captain Spaulding, who you know just right hooks her, and knocks her out. Uh, then you cut to uh, Sheriff Wydell, and this is where they explain the uh, connection that they all have aliases that are connected to Marx Brothers movies or Marx Brothers characters: Otis Driftwood, Captain Spaulding, and a couple others, I guess. The Firefly, right? Rufus Firefly. Yeah. Uh, you, you, that's where you see this connection. So then you cut back to the hotel, and Otis just shows back up, and uh, and he's wearing uh, Adam. He's wearing a mask of Adam. Adam's face on his face. <laughs> so the basically the same <laughs> bit up from Leatherface. Yeah, <laughs> but the same bit from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses again, where he's cutting the yeah. faces off and wearing them. And then he puts that Adam mask on Wendy. That's her dead husband. He puts it. <laughs> he puts it on her face. Uh, <laughs> then a maid comes like around and uh, enters the room and then sees bodies everywhere. Cause, so now they've all left. Otis, baby, Captain Spaulding, they're gone now. Um, she enters the room and finds bodies. And then like Wendy runs up out of nowhere with the with the Adam mask still on her face. And then oh yeah, she, I think she's I think she's hung up on the back of the door. Oh, yeah. on the back of the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's hanging on the back of the door when like the door swings, like she screams and jumps off and jumps on the maid. Then she runs out of the room and runs across the parking lot, out into the road, and then of course gets nailed by a, a Mack truck or a tractor trailer. Just gets smoked. <laughs> Insult to injury for her. Poor old Wendy. <laughs> well, look, she was trying to stop a truck. She succeeded. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it eventually slowed down after it uh, <laughs> pulled her carcass 100 foot down the road. So uh, Sheriff Waddell, he, he, now he's on the scene of this, and you can see the body, like the uh, like our intestines spread out and everything. And uh, this is where you're introduced to the bounty hunters, the unholy two, Rondo and Billy Ray. Now, Rondo is uh, Danny Trejo, so... It, it doesn't need much of an introduction, right? The dude's been in hundreds of TV shows and movies, yeah. Machete, uh, and uh, Diamond Dallas Page is Billy Ray Snapper, who you know wrestling fans would remember, obviously, you know from WCW and WWE. Diamond Dallas Page had a run in the late '90s and early 2000s. So you're introduced to the Unholy Two here. They're bounty hunters who he's he's hiring to track you know track down the Devil's Rejects. Um, so Otis, Baby, and Captain Spaulding are driving and. Uh, th- this was kind of a funny scene where they're just kind of having their back and forth and baby wants to get some ice cream. She, she wants tutti fruity and then, they, and then he just starts chanting tutti fucking fruity. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you're not getting any ice cream. Uh, Otis is kind of playing the hard ass here. And then of course it cuts to the next scene. They're sitting there eating ice cream in the car and they're just smiling. Um, then, uh, you see Sheriff Waddell, he's having a dream about his brother, um, and then he wakes up and then he goes in there and, and basically just kills mother firefly on the spot. Like he goes into her cell and stabs her and kills her. So then, uh, the, the, the rejects arrive at Charlie's frontier fun town. And there's a sign outside that says thousand served clean pussy VD tested. Come again. And it's spelled C U M come again. <laughs> Cause Charlie, Charlie's class act. Yeah. <laughs> As as evidenced by the uh, the old school like uh, yellow sign with the arrow on it that you see everywhere down south, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that has all that shit written on it. So then you, you really got... you see these signs everywhere? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They say uh, pussy VD <laughs> tested and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw one outside of church. South, the south of the border. Or yeah, <laughs> south of the border. <laughs> Pedro, I mean, south of the border, South Carolina. For those that don't know, yeah, yeah, North Carolina, South Carolina, not not south south of the border. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> Pedro says, clean pussy. <laughs> Get some fireworks, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Get some fireworks, tamales, and clean pussy. <laughs> Uh, by the way, that that place south of the border, which like, like he said, it's in South Carolina. Where's it? It's like around Dillon, South Carolina, right? Something like that. Yeah, about so, an hour in from Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Um, yeah. For anyone that you know wants to check that out, you definitely should if you're traveling up and down I-95 one of these days. But uh, that place would be perfect for a Rob Zombie movie, would it not? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just the, yeah. Just the vibe there and everything that. <laughs> yeah. That 60s, 70s uh, yep. roadside trap. Roadside trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a little and bit of... They used of... to have even cooler stuff back... I mean, now... I, I, I used to... I get nunchucks and throwing stars and all that stuff in there back in the day. <laughs> back in the 80s. Now. They don't have that part now. <laughs> now you can go in there and get fudge. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and clean pussy. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> ah, well, you probably... <laughs> It's not clean. No, <laughs> not, wait, uh. not to besmirch the good name of South of the Border, but uh, uh, so anyways, then you, I think you come to the conclusion here, too, is that uh, uh, Captain Spaulding and Charlie Altamont, who runs the place, they're brothers, um, you know, if that hasn't been clear before, you know, and, and they're on good standing and they all kind of have a good joke about it. So now they're partying with Charlie and the whores, and it, you, it's kind of a, uh, the scene is cut where it's like, they're partying and doing drugs and, you know, messing with the whores and everything, and it's spliced with Wydell talking to himself in the mirror like you know clearly hell-bent on uh you know he's he's done off gone off the edge now after killing mother firefly then you see uh oh the uh all i wrote down here because this is hilarious just to talk about was the charlie and cleavon chicken fucking scene where they go out to get a couple of live chickens (laughs) (laughs) to you know basically to to bring back home to make for uh captain spaulding to make some fried chicken and uh, then the guy, the guy that's selling the chickens, asks him, "Are you?" Gonna... Well, he he basically asks him if they're going to take them home and fuck them, right? <laughs> These chickens are for eating; they ain't for fucking. <laughs> yeah, because there's well, those kind of chickens. I don't even remember what kind, but a certain kind of chicken. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you got those kind of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, basically, uh, they 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 get the chickens or whatever, and then they're about to roll out, and then Sheriff Wydell rolls up. And confronts him and says that uh, he basically he wants them to set up the rejects, like have them have them. Have them there at midnight. And I hold guess... on, hold on, hold on. We, we just skipped over something. What's that? The entire the entire chicken fucking scene. Yeah. What about it? The dude pretty much just sits there and explains hypothetically how you would do it. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> but he goes through a whole scenario of how you could. <laughs> if one sorry, were so I inclined. Let that part go. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I just wrote it down as chicken fucking scene. So I figured you'd fill in the blanks. So thank you for that. <laughs> Which was something along the lines of uh, chopping their heads off, and then they just go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he's thought this out or uh, anything. No, no. <laughs> By no means. Continue with he the He hears podcast. tell. I hear tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> there's no real... Just pondering the... Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I kind of went off, went off into my own world there for a second. There's sure no natural transition from the chicken fucking scene, really. But uh, Wydell rolls up and like tells him basically, like, all right, have the rejects, you know, somewhere at midnight. And we're coming. Um, and then it shows Wydell going in, going down and checking in on the old, on the uh, unholy two, and they kind of give him the update, like, all right, you know, this is where they're at and all that, and we're going down there to kick some ass. So of course they're back to cut back to them partying down at Charlie's. And the uh, 
this is a cool scene, the unholy two roll up and uh, or kind of like sneak in and, and just start killing whores and kicking ass, basically. <laughs> just sneaking up on all of them and just fucking them up. And uh, it's set to the song To Be Treated Right by Terry Reed, <laughs> which is a, an interesting cut for this scene. But uh, by the way, Rob Zombie's really into t- uh, the Terry Reed, apparently, because like, I think there's another Terry Reed song in the uh, credits. So uh, he, he plays a couple of those tunes in there. Anyways, uh, so at this point, w- uh, Sheriff Waddell confronts Captain Spaulding. And then, uh, you know, they're kind of going back and forth because he sneaks up on him while Captain Spaulding's like sitting in there smoking weed. Captain Spaulding tells him, like, if you're going to start the killing, best start it right here. Then they proceed to take the rejects down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Sheriff Waddell takes them back to the Firefly house. So you go back to where it all began, the House of a Thousand Corpses. And they're all tied up and like... He's got pictures of victims, you know, like the the or uh, hundreds of victims. How many ever they had, a thousand corpses. Um, <laughs> he starts stapling the the pictures of the victims to Otis, and then staples some to Baby. You know, and the whole time he's just talking shit to them, and they're 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 talking shit back. You know, they're not necessarily scared of them, but they've also had the shit beat out of them, so they're kind of weakened. Wydell starts uh, tasing them, and then you know just punching them and hitting them and slapping them and stuff, and then. Then he takes some spikes and drives them straight through Otis's hands, like into the arm of the chair that he's tied up in. Then he cuts Baby loose, and then just starts pouring gas on uh, on the on everything and Otis and uh, Captain Spaulding, you know, because they're just out of it now, because it's been you know however long, much longer later, you know, they're just kind of out of it and sitting there. And then he drops a lighter, so the place starts you know blazing up, while Otis and Captain Spaulding are uh, tied down. And uh, he chases Baby um, out. and then Which I, th- I thought was a pretty good callback to House of a Thousand Corpses, where she chases down the girl. Yeah, and she's chasing after the chick and like yeah. uh, gets her down in the graveyard or whatever and just starts stabbing the this holy hell out of her. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, it's very similar to that. So he's chasing Baby, going after her, and then Charlie, show- Charlie Altamont, you know, Spalding's brother, shows up to help. And then uh, he turns around and, just, and uh, Waddell axes him. He basically really didn't help my I think he helps Baby a little bit, right? Like helps her get in the car or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. Waddell comes up and axes him. So he's he's gone. Yeah. So she's, he starts chasing Baby again and then shoots her in the leg and starts choking the shit out of her. And then Tiny comes back, Tiny Firefly, and he just grabs a hold of him, picks him up, and just snaps his neck. Waddell's gone. <laughs> then Tiny walks into the house that's on fire and unties Otis and Captain Spaulding and gets them out of the house, you know, and the house is on fire. And then that's when the... Uh, you know, Otis, Baby, and uh, Spalding, they get into a, uh, like a convertible Cadillac. They say something like, are you sure? And he just kind of nods. And then, like, he just turns around and walks back into the house that's on fire. <laughs> and they just leave him, which was weird. But I guess he just didn't want to go on anymore. I guess he'd served his purpose. So <laughs> he just walks back <laughs> well, that, into the house that's that, on fire. you know, and, like, he had gotten burned as a child. So I'm assuming he's just obsessed with fire and this is his opportunity. So he walks back into the house. And then, then that's when it cuts to... Them driving down the road, and then you hear Freebird, and they play just about the whole damn song here. Freebird oh, by yeah. Leonard Skinner, yeah. uh, and and they're as they're driving, you see flashbacks to you know happier moments before you know now that they're just kind of beat down and almost dead. Then Otis is driving, and they're asleep in the back, and he uh, wakes them up because he's drove up on a police block. Then they kind of get their shit together and pull the guns out, and then Otis takes off in the caddy straight toward the police block, and then you just hear pow, 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 you know, freeze frame on all of them. So you don't actually yeah. see them kind of go down, but 
you see them, you know, basically they got their, their world fucked. And uh, then you go to the credits. And then that's when I said, like I said earlier in the DVD release, there you see in memory of Matthew McGrory, who died in uh, August 9th of 05. And they're playing Seed of Memory. That's the song that's in the credits, Seed of Memory by Terry Reed. Mm. So, uh, so there you go. That's the Devil's Rejects. Will, what do you think? We're just, what's oh, your star I, rating on this? Uh, I'm giving this one a four. I, I love this movie. I mean, if not for for anything but uh, Captain Spaulding, I, I I love that character. Uh, I, I think this was a big jump from the from the first one, and it should be, you know, because I'm sure Rob Zombie learned a lot of things doing House of a Thousand Corpses. But yeah, no, overall, I just I, I love the, the the just about everything about this movie. So you're going four? Yeah. Smoke, where are you at? I agree with Willie. I land right at four as well. Uh, it's also, again, a step in a different direction. Also a step up, I think, from House of a Thousand Corpses. And uh, I love all the references. I mean, he did have a lot of references in House of a Thousand Corpses, but just as many in Devil's Rejects as far as references to other horror movies and just cinema in general. And the fact about how many people were in this movie as far I mean, you got like veteran actors like Danny Trejo and Ken Forey and Michael Berryman, I mean, veteran cult horror actors and everything. Loved all that, too. So, And, of course, Captain Spaulding and Otis's characters. Yep, definitely go on the four. I think I'm, I'm just going to go for the clean sweep. I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. I'm going to go four stars. Um, Captain Spaulding or, or Sid Haig does an awesome job in this movie. I mean, he's a huge part of it. Uh, I mean, all, all three of them, Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, mm-hmm. Otis, all three of them are just terrific in this movie. And like you said, even all the little smaller, you know, uh, ancillary characters and, and a lot of the throwback uh, actors and stuff they had from, uh, you know, 70s and 80s TV and movie and horror movies and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, and, and this is this one is a, a whole lot better. Well, I wouldn't say a whole lot better. It's just a different kind of movie to, to me yeah, than House yeah, of a Thousand Corpses. Exactly. But I, I think it pr- probably is uh, Rob Zombie's best work, more than, you know, in my opinion, probably. Yeah, um, I think I, he did grow from like saying again i'm not not i love house of thousand corpses too but i think he did grow as a filmmaker from between the two as far as how to get the flow of the story and you're know, adding the music that he added and where he placed it and everything i think i think he did take a step up from, mm-hmm. you know from where he was with the house of a thousand corpses but as i love that movie too because that's just a complete homage to 70s grindhouse yeah. cinema whereas you know devil's rejects takes a story a little bit so i guess with that i mean like you know universal love from all of us four stars across the board so with that uh we wholeheartedly recommend you going out and checking out the devil's rejects as we always say you know obviously uh if you've listened this far you've been spoiled but if you have then uh, i would still go check it out um because a lot of the things you know we we just kind of hit the highlights really i mean we talk a lot about it but we kind of hit the highlights some of the stuff you need to see some of this dialogue from uh some of the characters you need to see it and hear it yourself. So we don't do it justice. So definitely go nah. check it. Definitely go check it out. Uh, it's, it's one of Rob Zombie's best, if not his best. So I guess with that, our next episode, it's our one year anniversary slash Halloween special. This will be the one time of the year to, to steal an idea from a friend of ours podcast, but I think it works here too. And I think it's a pretty cool concept. This will be the one time of the year that we can go back and we'll go episode by episode and kind of re-rate if we want to. So, you know, going all the way back to episode one, uh, Reanimator, we can uh, go back and, you know, whatever the star rating was that we gave to that, this is our opportunity to change it, make it higher, make it lower, 
whatever you're going to do. So I'm sure once we get to, I believe it was episode three, Suspiria, Will can bump his rating up from what he said last year. <laughs> more or less, more or less. <laughs> if by up you mean down, then... <laughs> and, you um, know, and I think this will give give all of us a, a little bit of time to, you know, like, I don't think any of us have really been, you know, like, held to our, our rating system over our life. And, you know, like, going back and looking at some of these ratings, I think I've kind of uh, gauged my, my movies a little bit better in the last couple as opposed to when we first started. Yeah, I'm sure it's always, always probably, as long as we do this show, it'll probably be somewhat of a sliding scale. You know, like, you'll start to mm-hmm. figure out the pecking order of things, and maybe I should probably re-rank this one and slightly down or slightly up, you know. So I'm sure that will always change. Although I'm sure next year we won't go back over these last uh, 18 or so episodes that we've done. You know, we won't keep doing that. But, you know... Once a year, we can kind of go back, revisit the episodes, have a laugh, talk about, you know, our ratings, change them if we want to. And if not, you know, it'll be good to kind of stroll down memory lane and see how far we've come in the last year. So be on the lookout for that as our next episode. Um, Anything else you guys want to add before we close up shop? I mean, I think we're good. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. So I guess with that, uh, for for Will and for Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast. We'll see you later, guys. Did I stutter, bitch? (laughs) Peace out, chicken fuckers. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.